Hey, hey, welcome to Horns Up. And this time, as you guys would have probably read on the episode description, it's time for another All A's Albums. And naturally, if it's an All A's Albums, that means we have our friend from Bangalore, Anurag Tagat, with us. Anurag, how are you doing? How is this lockdown treating you? Well, it's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going all right, really. Um, I think Bangalore has been sort of decent that way, or at least uh, somewhat decent, better than Bombay. So uh, <laughs> it's been, um, yeah, you know, to do your weekly gro- grocery runs. and uh, But yeah, still try to stay at home as much as possible, which is uh, already a given considering freelance life, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. For all for all freelancers, this like the lockdown was pretty much an extension. And if you're an introverted freelancer, then oh my god, is this a boon or is this a bane? We really don't know. We really can't say. Anyways, on Ollie's album today, we are going to be doing an album that uh, Anurag himself suggested. It's by a band called Mastodon, and it's their fourth studio album called Crack the Sky. Now, before we get into actually discussing uh, the album itself, I want to just quickly go around the room and uh, kind of get you guys to answer what your exposure to Mastodon was uh, when you heard this album. Peter, can we start off with you? So I'm going to take a little time for this uh, because so this album released in 2009. So uh, two years prior to that uh, at the Dubai Desert Rock, uh, this was February, I think, Feb, March. Yeah, uh, Mastodon were part of the lineup. And back then uh, at the Dubai Desert Rock, they had like a metal day and a rock day. So metal day was stacked, of course, headlined by Iron Maiden. Uh, I've already talked to death about that and meeting them there. There was Prodigy. There was Chimera, not Chimera, but there was Junkyard Groove, surprisingly, who opened that. And bang in the middle was Mastodon. Now, I wasn't like the biggest Mastodon fan back then. I'd heard Leviathan that had released then. and But they really put on a great show. But consider this, like you have a 45-minute set, uh, early evening. Uh, it's, so it's still like kind of bright and stuff like that. And plus the band back then was like, you know, straight player set, no interaction, nothing else. Which for me was like, okay, wow, compared to all the other bands that played there. But they really like stuck out in there, considering later on in the night I watched Iron Maiden. Two years later, when this album came out, this was still the phase where, you know, you had limited resources and stuff like that. So you'd actually like listen to one album at a time. And oh my God, man, I don't think anything prepared me, uh, what I saw live to what I was going to hear because I was like, what the hell are these guys on? I mean, I think I spent like, if not weeks, sometimes months, just listening to this album back to back. And there was just so much. Each time you listen to the album, you'll discover another part and you're like, okay, what? Where did this come from? Kind of thing. So yeah, man, I was really, really happy when Anurag suggested this album. And yeah, I think I'm going to stop there. Okay. Anurag, what prompted you to select Tractor Sky? And uh, what was your exposure to Mastodon like before or once you heard this album? Yeah, well, before this, I was, um, I'd, I'd heard, uh, I think, Blood Mountain as well as uh, Leviathan. So, like, I was pretty familiar with the albums and just, like, uh, how, I guess, sort of ornate 
they were in their style. Uh, and I think I discovered Mastodon at the same time I discovered Baroness. So it was it was really something. And um, But I think before that, the first Mastodon track I really dug was uh, through a film soundtrack. I think uh, The Wolf is Loose uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. was on the Saw 3 soundtrack. So yeah, it was quite interesting. So I liked um, The Wolf is Loose and then I'd heard Colony of Birchman on another soundtrack, I believe. And it was, it was, it was quite interesting. You know, like I really liked uh, the kind of intensity that Mastodon brought. So, but yeah, what led to choosing Crack the Sky, I suppose, was um, I think just at the time, sort of like being exposed to Mastodon for uh, those two previous albums and then he, like sort of anticipating this album. That was, um, I guess that's that's part of what uh, like really hyped it up. And then when the reviews started coming out and all those sort of things, like I still remember... Um, like I posted about it in 2009, I suppose that some critics had called it one of the best metal albums of the decade. And, uh, you know, now that I look back on the decade, uh, I would, I would more or less agree that it was definitely one of the best like metal albums of, uh, this, the past 10 years that it released in. Hmm. Well, I'll be completely honest here. I really didn't give a shit about Mastodon until Crack the Sky. Uh, uh, and that that's maybe because, I don't know, I never really got into that genre of metal that early on um, itself. So yeah, it could be that. I also thought Mastodon were incredibly pretentious. <laughs> and they weren't true, right? <laughs> so all of that being said, but uh, um, shout out to kvltsite.com on which uh, somebody, I forget who it was that posted it, said that we, that everyone has to check out this album and it's definitely worth a listen. And I gave it a shot. I didn't like it at first listen. I remember I, uh, I was hanging out with uh, the guys from uh, Bhayanak Moth Stroke Red Cube. Uh, big shout out to them. And we got into pretty much of a, uh, argument as that <laughs> was largely okay. just uh, chided for my ignorance. Oh, wow, <laughs> let's, wow. let's keep it at that, right? Right. Yeah. So so yeah, that that's that. Crack the sky was my first Mastodon album, and since then I've gone ahead and uh, heard all, not all, uh, like at least almost all of their albums, etc. And which leads me to the next question, which we have to really address all here on Haunts Up uh, before we get into this album itself. And we've discussed it before already on our Metal or Not episode with Albatross, but I just want to get a quick reading of the room here. On that episode uh, of Metal or Not, we had kind of agreed in majority or in totality that Mastodon are not a metal band anymore but they did have metal leanings and I still will agree that uh, until Crack the Sky, Macedon were a metal band. Yeah, do you guys agree, Anurag? Well, yeah, man. I mean, uh, like that was the um, perception that came with Crack the Sky that Macedon was sort of reaching out into a space that would, uh, I guess, 
put them in a in 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 with other bands and maybe i don't know like you know it, i guess a band just reaches that point where they say that you know we want this album to take us to arenas or we want this album to take us to stadiums we want this album to put us make our font size bigger on festival lineups you know stuff like that so i definitely feel like um there was i mean you know they just do it tastefully right no band like i guess willfully puts that sort of thing out there but they do it like, tastefully let's write a pop song come on <laughs> yeah. no, i think they did that with the next couple of albums they released yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. right down to the music videos with all the twerking and everything but yeah, yeah like that was um, an awesome song though yeah mother lord all yeah the black and yeah. <laughs> what an insane hook anyways we're not discussing that album oh, yeah in one word mastodon metal or not during the time of practice sky Yes, still metal for me. Okay, and Peter, where do you sit on that? Yeah, I agree, and I can't, for the life of me, recall what I had said uh, on the metal or not episode. But I would largely agree that you know, up to this point, they were metal. Post this, like I was also scratching my head, and uh, like I'm gonna be upfront here. I'm gonna be gushing about this album just like I was when I was like in my early twenties, listening to it all over again, and that's. the beautiful part about like listening to this album uh, to do this episode so yeah okay last word animesh yeah, yeah, yeah i i set it up i don't have any other words to say. <laughs> okay. yes uh, they are i agreed mastodon were a metal album uh, sorry mastodon were a metal band until crack the sky so let's get into crack the sky then here are some quick factoids uh crack the sky fourth studio album by mastodon released on march 24 2009 through reprise records according to an interview on the dvd the making of crack the sky this album represents the element of ether which is represented by all the souls and spirits of all things and that's a theme closely related to the context of the album it kind of follows in line with the other elements of sorts uh that have uh themed mastodon's earlier works um what's really interesting is because it's a theme naturally there must be some sort of a story progression or it's a concept album or something of that sort uh when asked in multiple interviews uh dealer said that the record would tell a story dealing variously with the art aesthetics of tsarist russia astral travel outer body experiences and stephen hawking's theories on wormholes and i would love to read this quote out that's widely available on wikipedia but if you haven't heard this then boy are you in for a treat and the code goes there is a paraplegic and the only way that he can go anywhere is if he astral travels he goes out of his body into outer space and a bit like icarus he goes too close to the sun burning off the golden umbilical cord that is attached to his solar plexus so he is in outer space and he is lost he gets sucked into a wormhole he ends up in the spirit realm and he talks to spirits telling them that he is not really dead so they send him to the russian cult they use him in a divination and they find out his problem they decide they're going to help him they put his soul inside rasputin's body rasputin goes to usurp the tsar and he is murdered the two souls fly out of rasputin's body through the crack in the sky and rasputin is the wise man that is trying to lead the child home to his body because his parents have discovered him by now and think that he is dead rasputin needs to get him back into his body before it's too late but they end up running into the devil along the way and the devil tries to steal their souls and bring them down there are some obstacles along the way end quote 
What were Mastodon fucking smoking? <laughs> so, so this is something I looked up, and I remember this incident uh, quite well at the 2007 uh, VMA uh, Music Awards, where uh, Brett Hines had a brawl, and you can read all about it. But you know, it resulted in him being hospitalized with a life-threatening brain hemorrhage. And uh, I was reading up where it says. These songs that he was writing, he began, like, once he went back home, it started, like, reflecting the spiral dizziness that he felt in his brain. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I mean, you get that kind of, like, trippy thing, but yeah, I, I don't think, like, drugs can do this kind of shit to you, man. Drugs <laughs> definitely did some shit. <laughs> Medical drugs. <laughs> medication. That's true. I mean, as much as it's got, like, this very psychedelic born out of a trip sort of story uh, <laughs> uh, or maybe just uh, yeah just how it was conceived like I do I mean I don't know if it was tagged on for later but uh, the fact that it has like so much emotion attached to yeah. it yeah. like how it's dedicated to Brand's sister uh, you know so who who committed suicide like I mean I think like those sort of things uh, yeah like I guess slightly make people think about it differently or maybe they'll just they get more confused about it they'll be like you know how are they writing this very clearly stoner story but also injecting so much of um, emotion into it so yeah i think that that was quite uh, that was one of the things that struck me about this album mm, mm. yeah it's one of those albums really where you know uh, there's so much context that you're made aware of even before you start listening to it. And I think what we did so far, which is set this album up in over such a long period of time, which is very unlike how we generally begin our yeah. all these episodes where we just directly start off with the songs itself. I think uh, we had to do this in this manner. But anyways, that being done, that being said, uh, gentlemen, should we begin all A's? Right. Yeah, let's do this. Alrighty. Beginning with track number one, it's Oblivion. Peter, you want to start this one off? Yeah, so the, the track, right, with the opening riff, uh, if you heard like Macedon, you kind of feel it. And then you don't realize once those galloping riffs like right hit you, boom, right? So that's one of the things that take you from the start. Uh, again, you know, like the opening lyrics where he says, like, I flew beyond the sun before it was time. And, you know, he looks back, like I was reading, it says it, he looks back at the VMA night, uh, how he went too far and they try to pull him back in. Uh, but like for me, the cool part about the track is, and because I'm not a musician, this is the best way I can describe it, is while the chorus is playing, like where he's like falling from grace or I've been away too long the bends, the guitar bends in there. And it's like kind of cool how both kind of are there. And that's what I really enjoy in the track. But uh, yeah, man, I, it's a great opening track. Preps you up, gets you ready. So an A plus for me. Okay, Anurag? Um, Yeah, man. I mean, I think one of the first things that did sort of strike me was the fact that Bran was doing vocals on this album as well yeah. and you know like uh, something that he carried forward into all the other Mastodon albums like um, and that yeah there's just multiple voices on this maybe one additional voice um, and yeah dude like I was just thinking about how the 
I don't know, this time when I was sort of revisiting it, like I realized the snare almost sounds like a whip, you know, like it, um, there's a very different tone to it. And obviously there's so much going on in this track that um, you sort of maybe don't notice those sort of things the first time. But yeah, man, like, I mean, just the pace at which it goes is so classic Mastodon. So it's uh, A plus for me. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, Oblivion is not a perfect track, but it does its job to open the album and then some. I think it uh, does a very good job rather of introducing you to Macedon's evolved sound on this album as such. Uh, it's spacey, it's floaty, there's a lot of harmonization and melodies on offer beyond the riffs. Uh, the guitar slides, etc. that you spoke about, Peter, that's all that is, all that is just melody. It's not stereotypical heavy metal as such. Um, all of those, I think, are the elements of the track that really pop out for me. And as Anurag said, this track was the official debut of drummer Brand Taylor as the band's third lead vocalist. And I think it's a great decision because it's great to have more range. And also I can live without the nasally whining voice that usually accompanies my Mastodon album. Um, I have to mention the music video, which I think is a great watch, yeah. but considering all things said, I'm not ranking this an A plus, but it still gets an A from me. All right. All right. Yeah. So that's a, that's a fair opening. All right. Okay. Moving on to track number two, Divinitions. Anurag, take this. Well, you know, man, I think this was uh, the lead single from uh, the album. So I remember it was like three and a half minutes or something like that. And it was... Uh, not surprising because obviously Mastodon do have songs in that range but uh, considering the opening song was like about five and a half something more than five minutes like to suddenly like jump back into a three and a half minute song uh, was I guess it was just uh, Mastodon sh- sort of showing off that you know like this is this is us at full strength like you know like that we, we can still make a lead single put it on you know rock radio and stuff like that so um it was, it's still an absolutely incredible, like, sort of experience here. Like, I, the, even the first time I heard it. So just the pace at which it goes and, uh, you know, just like those wide open riffs that, you know, like, sort of, again, like I said, like, maybe they were aiming to just, you know, write big ass riffs. So uh, I think that definitely sh- uh, shown on this uh, track. Okay, so what's your verdict? Oh, it's uh, A+. Plus. Ooh, Okay. I've rated this an A minus. Okay, and I'll tell you why. Um, Yes, it is the shortest track from the album and it was their lead single. And as you said, no surprises that this became their lead single, even though you can have five minute songs as your lead single. But here's why I think they chose it to be their lead single. Uh, It's heavier, it seems tighter. And I think it's just more old school sounding than the rest of the record. You know, you... There are hints of the vibe of uh, Crack the Sky as such of that album, but uh, not a, not not really a lot of them. So it's also, I mean, overall in the whole album, I don't think it's the most memorable track either. But it's still a solid track when you do listen to it. And especially it holds true uh, more as a single as such. So yeah, that's why Diminutions gets A- minus from me. Peter? So, A plus, I mean, 
you got that banjo intro <laughs> which yeah. now by then you know they play around with their intros and stuff like that but then bam on man i mean for me the highlights is the riffs that they play during the bridge where they go like no escape bridge and you you want to sing along to that uh, and then of course the solo which is towards the right after that and then they just seamlessly back get again into the bridge and the chorus so like for me these one two it's a great way to showcase that hey this is my single this is my longer track but you know i'm going to stop there because there's so much more i can go on and on and i want to keep uh, for the rest of the tracks really okay cool so we still have uh pretty much so far the openers are all A's moving on to track number 3 quintessence peter start this one off so you know that noodly kind of intro that they have it's so mm-hmm. freaking catchy and it just mm-hmm. keeps repeating to the song and even like uh-huh. for me when i was leading reading the lyrics and again probably when you look know a story or the background like he says the demon skin is covered in fine mist open his hand in my hand holding my eyes to the future hovering above myself i mean like this is just like him reliving the entire experience and stuff but for me the highlight is the hook which is letting go letting go like even mm. now without the music or anything you just mm. kind of uh, sing along to it so yeah man another a plus track for me okay anurag Yeah man I mean I feel like this is this was the track that sort of after they sort of lure you in with the familiar mastodon sound like quintessence is the track that um I think begins to tell you that this is a prog album or at least that uh, I mean you can argue that this is a prog album uh, it just sort of like envelops you you know like that way like this just the way the whole uh, the way the track moves and I think what I noticed uh, more when i revisited this album was that there's like um like a really grizzly sort of like growl that goes on towards the end of the uh, track which like i mean again like peter said like you just find new stuff when when you sort of like yeah. really listen to it so uh that was that was a surprising find on on revisiting this album which was you know in a good way because uh yeah i guess you know there's a growl and and at the same time you know it starts off with this very prog vibe so uh you can tell that his mastodon still sort of like trying to ba- uh, straddle both worlds in a sense so yeah it's it's an a for me hmm okay um i was actually kind of divided on this i was weighing between a b positive or an a minus okay and here's my rationale for it um i'm not a huge fan of the vocal processing in the final part of the song mm-hmm. i think it takes away from uh immersing yourself in the track which so far all the other tracks managed to do they have that excellent production which completely lets you be part of the song right you know it envelops you and then suddenly that vocal processing comes on for some reason and uh, i'm thrown off um but that's really nitpicking i love the jump work on this uh, on this particular song because it's truly impeccable there's so much going on it's it's uh, you really have to pay attention to what is going to, going on to be able to actually make sense of it musically and appreciate the musicianship that's shown on here um especially on that one particular section where the guitars aren't chugging and instead you get that superb ambientish kind of a section 
uh, that's really the part that is the highlight. And I think that part on its own deserves so much of uh, respect and so much and showcases so much of craftsmanship, which is why I'll concede that it is worthy of an A minus. Nice. I'm still keeping hopes alive on this. I can see Peter definitely uh, wondering what the fuck is anime smoking today. Trust, trust me. <laughs> when, when I was doing this, it was, I was very torn apart later on in the album. But yeah, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. Wow. Next up, we have track number four, which is the SAR. And allow me to start off this one off. Uh, this is the 10 minute, 54 second long song. Um, the song itself, of course, it's broken up into four parts or rather has four timestamps to it. And these in order are Usurper, Escape, Martyr and Spiral. Overall, I freaking love this song. I love how well it's structured and measured. Sections take their own sweet time to build and then easily flow into one another. It's uh, restrained, but it's again, uh, one of the key words that I will keep repeating a lot for the rest of the album and for how this album is produced and how it sounds is the key word there is immersive. It's truly immersive. The heaviness of the uh, usurper or the second part of the song completely complements the lightness or spacey vibe of the first part. And then in comes Martyr and Spiral. And this part is the highlight of the whole track for me. It's, it's, it's goosebump inducing every time I listen to it. It's uh, that entire part, you know, from, uh, spiral out from the crack in the sky to the guitar solo to returning to what is now deemed or can be seen as the chorus of sorts of the song as such is just beautiful. It's a very rare feat to have a song leave you wanting uh, more of the same thing. And I think on this one, Mastodon definitely achieved that. So for me, this one is a double plus completely. Anurag. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you say that, man, because like I feel like this was... Um, uh, obviously the the song arrives at a point which is sort of the centerpiece of the album so like I really the way it starts and just like the whole journey of it is so great in that um, like I mean it kind of reminded me of their other instrumental songs like Dead Catcher a little bit just like in in this in the sense of how they use those instrumental portions, mm-hmm. which uh, I mean, you know, I guess in a Mastodon album, you are used, you are expecting maybe an instrumental song, but uh, to, to you know, like to just see like like a eleven minute song and and you know, it starts off with a lot of instrumental stuff. Like it's, uh, it, I, I guess it would have surprised a few people, but I think uh, by this point, I guess Mastodon is just saying that you know. Just, trust us on this and you know we'll, we'll take you along and uh, I think like it's so worth it by, by the time the song gets over and uh, I think actually like you know the best parts for me personally are the way it starts and the way it ends uh, the stuff in the middle it feels a little um, played safe in terms of just like how prog songwriting has sort of worked like maybe if you if you're familiar with prog rock and prog metal like it feels like that but uh yeah like just the ending in the beginning of the song is what makes it for me so i'm gonna give it uh, a minus okay cool you know okay so the first time i heard this i i wasn't like back then like a prog guy right like I would hear like probably the most prog I'd heard back then was like Opeth or something like that. So when you tell me a band like Macedon's doing a 
11 minute track right in the middle of the album you're like okay what is this like but i still remember the first time listening to it and i, I have this friend sharat him uh, shrivats and whatsapp watson both of us i think were sitting together and listening to this track and he he was like so into it and i was just going like okay what's next and then you it keeps going and it just by the end of it you're so enveloped in it right and that's one of the things like you said it's so immersive right anvesh it just envelops you by the end and it the full circle it comes that that was the really cool part but again for me the second part right escape it's such a smooth transition they've got then you have a solo in the last part in spiral around the 8 minute mark i mean you don't expect if you think about it like a solo right at the end uh, over there and at this point these guys have like kicked out the complete song structure that you have and stuff like that so by this point you're just like okay they've thrown out the rule books uh, they've done the single so this kind of gets featured in there but uh, if i just had to listen to this track alone like as a standalone ep i would man <laughs> i would just like go back cuz you want to get that whole feeling get into that story so for me double a plus lovely Dub, sorry lovely. a plus, plus a double plus that's yeah and i completely i completely agree with you on that this track can uh can be an ep of its own of sorts yeah okay cool nice so we are halfway through good job so far everything still being kept as an all a's looks promising which leads us to uh, the next one which is coast of carolia Peter, start this one off. I alluded to this in the start. This was the tough one for me, because, like, let's put it on any other albums, like, like the earlier albums or later albums. Yeah, okay, it's a Macedon track, but then on an album like this, right? And when you have like three great tracks, and you've got this epic track, like I've tagged it, then you have this. why did it need to be there <laughs> like at this point like it's one of those tracks where i had to like listen to it and if there wasn't like somewhat of a segue or a transition i just like hit forward <laughs> and uh, i mean like there is that whole spacey vibe again uh, the lyrics the opening lyrics where he says like wrathful one nine eyes gaze holding skulls filled and laced with human blood it's like uh okay what is he talking about here like where is this fitting in the story right uh, in a way but yeah i mean like probably on any other album depending on where it came i would probably rate it but this was tough and this is the first b on this album for me okay i'm glad you you're saying that so that i don't have to be the villain here because i do <laughs> rate it a b minus i think it's the weakest song on the album yeah. but uh, then again i think it's also because nasalon themselves are just letting off some steam after that marvel of a track just before uh that being said i love the bass work and how much it's being uh, used as an instrument just to harmonize all that's happening with the guitar as well as with the vocals um i think the bass uh, it's going all over the instrument which is great um it's also a bit darker in terms of its mood i also think it's some more of a placeholder or a connector of sorts between the songs it succeeds and it precedes um could this have been done better i definitely think so is this required on this album i do think so too 
like I do think the song is required, but I think it could have been crafted a lot more stronger, which is why I'm going to leave it as a B minus here. Like I do agree that um, uh, what Peter said about just the opening lyrics and stuff, how they're referencing something that just sort of comes out of somewhere else, I suppose, or just maybe uh, isn't the best transition after you've created like a mammoth track like the Tsar. So, um, but I still feel like I enjoyed the lyrics overall. Uh, maybe just because uh, uh, you know I was I was thinking about more in terms of the lyrics and mm. actually because the sonics didn't offer too much uh, you know in terms of something different like I mean yes it, it, it is heavy you know it's thundering you know it's got all those great production sort of feats going for it but yeah overall I guess um, like it, yeah, I do agree and you know for some reason um, I think Mastron considered this track one of their favorites surprisingly because really? uh, like when I saw them on the Hunter tour in 2012 uh, they only played two songs off Crack the Sky and one was this one <laughs> oh, really? yeah um, and I don't remember it so uh, <laughs> I had to look it up on the set list to make sure that yeah that was what they played so maybe this is one of those tracks that uh, you know a band like holds on to because they just maybe one person got like that veto and decided to keep it on the album uh, but yeah even for me i would say uh, a b i guess okay okay cool uh, we've got the votes in but since you mentioned the live thing i just needed to ask you uh, where was this track placed in their set list oh this was towards the wait end. one second one second one second before you answer that i would reckon that this would be placed in the second half of the set list in between uh solid hits um am i right yeah you're kind of right because i guess they they did it for uh you know uh, like it's a deep cut yeah i guess so but it did sort of like come up around the same time as uh crack the sky as well so like it was almost back to back i remember uh and uh uh or at least in in the vicinity um but I think it came up in the middle of the set, basically, uh, like just bang in the middle uh, between all the Hunter songs, actually. So it was um, quite quite surprising. Uh, mm. But again, like like I said, I mean, I just don't remember it for some reason. Mm. I think I think the song's purpose, like sonically speaking, I would think that this is a song which uh, forces you to kind of take a break, and that's mm. not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it's not a strong enough song on its own, which is why it's getting around of bees. Moving on then, track number six is the eponymous Crack the Sky. Peter. Yeah, and so I'm really glad like they come back with this one. And, uh, you know, when you go through the track and what it's about, I mean, Anurag already uh, alluded to it. This is about... Uh, drummer Brand Daler's uh, sister who is Sky and so each one kind of has their own uh, thing uh, like it means different things for different people but uh, like the bridge right uh, after the third chorus which goes while in soul under my control so that that really like t- reached out to me while in soul takes its final toll also like straight after in the fourth verse where like, and of course I forgot to mention earlier, but you've got uh, Scott Kelly who makes his like mandatory appearance now on a uh, Macedon album, but you know, where he goes and 
you can actually feel the anguish in his voice when he says mama don't let them take her don't let them take her down at least alone and that really really kind of rips you so quite an emotional track uh, what a way like right after the previous track so for me this is again another a plus okay anurag yeah man i mean i i think is is possibly debatable but i think this might be mastodon's best sounding song to date uh like at least in terms of like maybe if you make like somebody hear it on like a really good pair of headphones or something like i think there's no doubt that they would instantly fall in love with what's going on because uh everything just sounds incredible on this track and i do remember watching this track live uh, not so much ghost of karelia but i remember this one because it just sort of put me in a daze and uh, you know revisiting the album it felt the exact same way that um it's it's just such a powerful sort of song that's very um magnificent which is i guess like how again like maybe that's something that mastodon were sort of aiming for all along like even if you see their visual aesthetic and the album art and things like that like you know it's um sort of aiming for that sort of magnificent sort of like regal kind of vibe so um i think this track like brought it out like uh, incredibly it's uh, definitely an a plus for me mm i'll be the contrarian once again but uh, for me this is an a minus and that's only because of the other songs which i've already rated a pluses um i agree it starts off superbly i think scott kelly's vocals add some much needed naliness or uh, texture of sorts and they fit in really well and they both complement as well as contrast uh, the rest of the band um there's the fantastic solo section towards the end of the song just before the chorus which i love um i i'm not a huge fan of how mid-paced as such the song is but then again because it has such an emotional story attached to it i think that is the right decision um and again yes it does a beautiful job of just enveloping you as a listener so yeah but it's not my favorite of the album at at like by a long shot which is why i'm going with an a minus on this fair enough <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks guys thanks <laughs> anyways moving on to the last track the last baron um allow me to start this one off yes this is the 13 minute long song it's the longest one on this album and to me this one is the second best song here and yes i think by now you guys have uh, and everyone is listening actually has kind of realized that i'm a huge fan of world building or just you know mood building of sorts and hence the longer tracks and this one does again a beautiful job uh i love the melodies in the first part of the song i love the overall vocals because i think uh it's only on this song that the signature mastodon vocal style really shines as such the second riffier part of the song is a great change of pace but i still think it could have been a bit more heavier you know really give you an you know when in your face kind of uh, punch you out of the guts kind of a feel which uh, i think would have supremely contrasted to a greater degree to the other parts of the song um and then of course the slight pause comes in before that finale and oh my god what a finale section that is uh that part is such an earworm it's such a trip um i must say that when i rediscovered this album 
um this section was the one that haunted me uh, and of course in a good way it came to me in my dreams it came to me while i was working it stayed with me for a really 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 long time the only part that i don't enjoy is the way the song ends because it's just too damn abrupt so yeah i'll sum it up in two words a plus peter man you know so when you listen to like the sar right you think ha okay chal <laughs> they they've like done the long song <laughs> what what more can they bring how much longer and then you know you end an album on a 13 minute track uh, previously i've said this on another episode about periphery right where they did like a 13 minute opening track on the album this is like a like who ends a track album on such a thing and if you think about it both those tracks are like kind of half the album almost but coming back to the last baron for me you know that crazy part around the 6 minute thing where you're just trying to figure out what the hell he's playing like what instrument is he playing is he doing is that on a guitar <laughs> like uh, or is this like a feature what's going on in there and it just comes out of nowhere it's like kind of like this they call it like the free jazz part but i was like okay wow and then of course the solo at the end but then like it keeps there's so much variety in the track that you know it keeps you engaged okay what's coming next okay they have that you know ebb and flow and stuff so that's cool but then i agree with animesh by the end you're just like that's it <laughs> like the track's over now and, and especially when you're listening it i remember i had like a discman when i used to listen to this album you're listening to it and you're like what album's over <laughs> like what's going on right so kuchal uh, i mean for, for me this is again an a plus i mean i i, I still when i was listening to this now i was like how what what the hell were these guys thinking while sequencing the album putting this like right at the end it's like uh, let's just mess with them <laughs> so yeah okay. come on anurag okay anurag round this yeah, one up still, yeah i mean i feel like uh like the whole song is is quite overwhelming in in the tones that it uses and just the way it progresses in general like uh again like i never thought about like how it was sort of closing off this album maybe because it's such an epic scale album you're just sort of um uh maybe by the last track you're very aware that it is the last track and i guess yeah so you have those sort of expectations attached to it um but uh yeah like i i felt like this was also matched on at the most prog once again and just sort of like you know doing all those guitar noodly things and stuff like that uh uh all that just you know sort of strengthens the fact that they were trying to make like uh, uh like you know trying to aim for real greatness i suppose whatever that means for uh, mastodon in 2009 <laughs> but uh you know like like the uh, there's a switch that comes in it i think like the eight and a half minute mark which uh, really again like just uh amazed me again like you said like uh, like animesh said like there was something that just like stayed with him haunted him in a good way like this this part was the same thing for me that you sort of hear it and you know that yeah you know like this is why this album is considered one of the greats um so so yeah like it was it was quite um and i think what's very evident on this song as well as just like throughout the album is that um it's um, it's intense in a different way uh so so yeah but but i want to talk about that in in more of my concluding uh, remarks mm-hmm. so, but yeah so now this this gets uh, an a plus still mm mm-hmm. so there you have it we've gone through the whole album song by song and 
yes, unfortunately, this is not an all A's album because we all uh, agreed that there was a B track here. There could have been more, but I just thought I'd be a good guy today. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Wow. Thank. You. Okay, I, okay. I'm gonna but, say but, I'm gonna say thank you to the Bayanak Moth guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. But 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 um, you know, before we get into concluding remarks, I quickly wanna take note of two aspects of this album that definitely need to be talked about, one of which is production and the second of which is artwork. And allow me to talk about the production first. I love how well this record is produced. Uh, Brendan O'Brien did a fantastic job behind the boards. Everything is superbly balanced. And for a record which has, you know, so many fluctuations and changes in vibe in terms of songwriting, uh, all of it sounds extremely immersive. There's that word again. And more than immersive, it's all cohesive, you know, so major props to them. Uh, I'll have to mention that everyone must get the deluxe version of this album because it has all the tracks minus the vocals as well. And <laughs> that's the score as such. Uh, and because I'm not a huge fan of Mastodon style vocals, I spend more time listening to this score karaoke version instead. And I think it's just as good, if not better, than with the uh, vocals on. Do you guys want to add anything about the production here? Do you guys agree? Didn't Brendan O'Brien do like a lot of like the new metal stuff and all of yeah, that? Yeah, he did. So, like, it's it's kind of like a ballsy move. And if you think about it, like till then, uh, Mastodon were like sludge and, you know, with the whole neurosis uh, association and stuff like that, right? So if, if, you, if you told anyone back then, I mean, like we were young, impressionable metalheads, but you said that, hey, you know, Brendan O'Brien <laughs> is producing this album, which is going to like turn heads for sure. But it so fits in. I mean, like this is like, you. I would hate to hear this album on like bad production or like not with all these elements because it's so cool. Like Anamesh said, even I loved listening to the instrumentals sometimes because it just feels like a journey. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I hate, I hate to use this term, but it's a proper trip when you're listening to it without the vocals, right? Yeah, that's true, man. I mean, I, uh, I mean, I've already touched upon the production parts, I guess, in different for different songs. So, yeah, I've said my piece. <laughs> artwork. Right. Who wants to go for artwork? Um, okay, uh, l- let me start this one off. I I rated an A plus on artwork too because I really like it. I don't think it's my favorite Mastodon album artwork. That actually goes to Once More Around the Sun because I love how just really balls out and colorful and trippy that one is. But uh, this one's a bit more somber. It has multiple layers and details. And yeah, that's all I'll say about that. It makes for something to lose yourself in. Yeah, that's true. I quite liked it also. Like it was quite, um, I think I have, I have it on, I have it on CD, if I'm not wrong. But yeah, it was, it was just, um, yeah, one of those albums that you can probably just like open up, uh, look up the inlays and just sort of like properly sit with it while you read the lyrics or listen to the uh, music. Mm, I'd love to own it on a t-shirt, I think, but I, but I haven't yet found a good Mastodon print in mm. the country. <laughs> good, good luck with that <laughs> but uh, yeah man I mean I, I quite enjoyed uh, the artwork I mean again it considering that you know 
once around the sub came much later and like mm. i owned that on cd and surprisingly it was like printed uh, you had a cd quite affordable in india so i think i picked it up on amazon or something like that but yeah this was quite cool and the thing about macedon right is like they're such a visually driven band in a way like you watch their videos it kind of gets you into the whole vibe of what the song is about i mean like the opening track uh, oblivion is, has like a space whole thing right yeah that's an outstanding music video yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> really good one okay cool so um having gone through almost all the facets it's time for concluding comments let me begin this one here i think for the first time on all a's i think our methodology is flawed in a way <laughs> and i say that because i truly think that this album even though i rate i rated so many of the songs as either a minuses uh very few a pluses but and you know maybe it's just also um as to when we are recording this but at least i am not orally sounding uh, extremely excited about this like how i've sounded about previous songs when we've done all these albums etc but putting all of that aside i still think this is an album which is truly outstanding and this is one of those albums where the sum of the parts is much much greater than uh its than, own yeah, yeah yeah than its own right it's a trip it's a journey that you take with the band i also think this is one of those albums that truly changes you or can change you if you give it the respect it deserves it's one of those albums that i've deeply connected with um it's a masterpiece and for that reason i think this album deserves an honorable mention as an always album even though technically and literally it's not <laughs> you know i when when anurag messaged us right and said let's do this album i was like yeah blind like boss this is definitely going to be an always album and stuff like that but considering what we do go with track by track and go into the lyrics go into all of this and all it suddenly makes you think that wait there was like a couple of tracks where you weren't sure and i guess this is a sum of you know all the years of listening to much different music a variety of music and now listening to mastodon's later stuff also i guess <laughs> no i i don't think the later era of mastodon has colored me any negatively <clears throat> as such with regards to this album but uh, i i wouldn't give any weight to that opinion actually but uh, that being said i think mm, the memories and the kind of connect that uh, we all seem to have with this album is something that truly elevates it to one of the best albums for us and i agree i don't think it winning an all a's album tag is needed because it mm. has already surpassed that it's it's like uh, it's like what uh, odin tells thor in thor 3 i think yeah in in ragnarok where asgard is not a people uh, is not like the place but asgard is the people all his <laughs> album is format but it should be applied because it's for the people at the end of anurag yeah. are we making any sense 
Yeah, sort of, man. Like, I mean, you know, I guess you can you can throw in a few Marvel Universe uh, references. <laughs> references. Sure, it's totally fine. Um, I mean, after all, I think like Mastodon did like a uh, Jonah Hex soundtrack. I think they were on that. You know, vaguely some weird connection going on there. But like, you know, I feel like um, it's important to talk about like how the, the legacy of this album was that... Uh, that it, like I said in the beginning, like critics considered it one of the best metal albums of the decade. And I think when anybody sort of like thinks about maybe Mastodon's best album, they are going to put forward Crack the Sky. Uh, and, you know, it's, I think it's dangerous when critics and fans say that, you know, like, I mean, they're, they're sort of implying, right? Like, hey, they can't do better than this. So, um, like I, I still think like everything that came after this was, was still quite decent, but Crack the Sky remains, uh, I'm going to use another M word here. It's uh, Crack the Sky remains their magnum opus, you know? Uh, and yeah. like, I can see why, um, like uh, uh, the way we've done like all A's before, like, I mean, I did want to bring that up as well, that the previous ones that you guys have got me on for have been quite, you know, all out heavy, angry albums, you know, like Gallows, Pantera, Rage Against the Machine. But this one is, um, I guess it holds more emotive weight, you know, so uh, uh, em- emotional int- uh, intensity. So yeah, thanks for, thanks for doing it. So I, I, you can tell who's really picked the albums <laughs> now. <laughs> hey, come on. Just because I play in a hardcore punk band or a, a black, black metal band doesn't really tell you anything about my music choice. <laughs> anyways, anyways. Oh, so I, I, should, I should conclude with this because... Uh, Metal Injection, not a site I read a lot, has its has a great uh, thing where they say that Macedon has been working on new material, and it's kind of going to be metal. <laughs> wow! <laughs> so I'm like, okay, this is something we should definitely come back and debate somewhere down the line whenever their new music is out. Mm. Yeah, endless debates. <laughs> That's an endless debate. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But I also agree with Anurag on this that I don't know at this point in time because of their uh, of all the stuff that they put out after uh, Crack the Sky, if Mastodon will ever go back to the mind space they were in for Crack the Sky. And I think it's completely also not justified. Yeah. For- to expect another crack the sky. For, for, forgive me for making this parallel, but can anyone expect Opeth to go back to the earlier sound at this point? Hey, if uh, Enslaved is showing signs of going back to its past and Isan is showing signs of going back, going back to his past, then... Uh, yeah, maybe... some, some Scandinavian scenes are going on, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pandemic <laughs> <laughs> on that note again this has been an absolute pleasure anurag thank you for continuing to join us on these all a's and for choosing such a beautiful album which everyone should definitely listen to even if you're not a mastodon fan yeah yeah absolutely thanks for having me guys it's been great yeah thanks anurag Uh, Anurag, do you want to quickly leave your 
social media deeps so that people oh. follow you oh, and wait, wait. subscribe <laughs> <basically. laughs> and you're on Instagram to too now <laughs> yeah that's true I just joined Instagram because uh, you know somebody uh, some, somebody I guess some people wanted me there uh, to do like live streams and live chats and stuff like that. So uh, I was just going to deactivate it, but they said, hey, you know, you should, uh, they made me swear on like li- on during the live chat that I would stay on Instagram. So I have. You have a recording of the live chat? Uh, <laughs> I, sh- I should look at I'm that. giving you a way out. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I do have a recording of the live chat. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm on Instagram as Anurag Taggett, at Anurag Taggett, and uh, same thing on Twitter, at Anurag Taggett. So yeah. Hashtag no longer hashtag. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and of course, uh, everyone, you guys know the drill by now. I keep repeating the same phrases over and over again. That's because you guys just don't seem that you are listening. It's still hauntsuppod.com. You can reach out to us on Twitter. We're at hauntsuppod. I'm Adas Moani. And I'm Trent Crusher. And till the next time, haunts up. Haunts up. Haunts up. <laughs>